Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. So you guys really don't like Wordle? No. I mean, why? It's, I barely have time to do this podcast. I mean, it takes like a couple seconds. You guys are smart people. It's like a little, like, you know, just real quick puzzle just to get your brain going, start the day or whatever. If you're on the toilet. No. You guys should really play Wordle. Like, I don't even, like, come on. Like, be a part of the cool clan. Be a part of the cool kids. Just play Wordle. You see, I'm 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 anti-trend. So, mm-hmm. so like for example, I've never I haven't had the Popeyes chicken sandwich yet because everybody ran there and I was just like, you know what? I don't even want it. Yeah, hmm. Russ is a contrarian. I mean, for I, just, reason, like, I want to be on my phone less. I, I'm not mm-hmm. looking for anything that puts me on my phone more. I would like to try to like detach from my phone. And I feel like this is a game you're supposed to play every day. I, I don't need anything else that pulls me toward my phone. It's one, it, it's, it's once a day. It's not like, you know, it's uh, you keep playing like any other game. It's uh, a, a nice little brain tease. This is actually beneficial for your brain because it helps you remember words uh, that you may have forgotten or uh, words that you don't normally use in everyday life. Like it's, it's a fun game. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get like. Look, somebody was saved because of Wordle. Did you guys know that? A saved. Grandma. What do you mean by saved? Please explain. Define saved. So, um, this family who plays uh, the Wordle game, uh, they play it every day, and they notice that their mom. I think this is local. This is a local story, actually. Their mom didn't send her Wordle score for the day, and they got worried. So they called the police over, and she was kidnapped. And she was later found because her family took notice that their mom their, or grandma didn't send in her Wordle score. Wordle saved lives. This sounds made up. This sounds like it a is, Tony it is not made this up. Sounds like this this is, cannot be true. I promise on my life. If you look this up, this is a local Chicago store, Chicago area story. A woman was found because her family uh, didn't see her Wordle score that she texted them every day. Wordle save lives. I can't believe you're not support. You're not in support of saving lives, you guys. This is essentially what you're saying to me, Russ. I, I'm is, looking at this on the internet, and it's this is this is in the Chicago Tribune. Yes, sir. Wordle I, helped I, save suburban grandmother being held by armed home invader. Cops say not exactly kidnapped, I, I, but, I, but I, Tony's I support, still kind of. I support the other paper in town, so. 
So it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. Here, uh, I have also found it on uh, local NBC. Is that how do we like that? Is that better? Eh, it's not. It's not the other place. So yeah, that's fine. Wordle helps Lincolnwood police find woman held hostage by armed intruder. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Are we gonna well, you take know, Tony's they- word because he got one of the million things he said in the show over the last year? Correct. No, no, absolutely not. That's why I immediately went to Google it. That's okay. why I immediately I went to Google it. No. Can you imagine if we had actual, like, if we had staff meetings, like production meetings, mm-hmm. and it was, and let's say Tony, this is going to be very far-fetched and hard to wrap your head around, but let's say Tony actually uh, produced, mm-hmm. since he's a producer on the show. Mm-hmm. And so he, Russ, every day, every week before we sat down to do this, instead of, um, you know, whatever he normally does. He was like, "Hey guys, here's a list of topics." Mm-hmm. But you, but there would be no news judgment would factor into coming up with this list of topics. I believe none. Look, you know, a blind squirrel finds the nuts twice a day. So you know, you you know what the saying not is. How the saying goes, either. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> blind squirrels sometimes. Grab onto a nut. Right, guys? No, that's not it, Tone. No. <laughs> oh, my God. This is not how I thought the one-year anniversary would start. Hey, what is it, it would, you were saying that it would find the squirrel would find the nut twice? So yeah. Are you blind, merging the, like the, the you're merging the blind squirrel with the, the broken clock? The broken clock saying a broken clock is right twice a day? Uh, oh, you don't know yeah, that? Yeah, I forgot, oh, wow. I forgot wow. that was how about a, that? Uh, Okay. I forgot that was a saying. I was... I knew I, I was on the right track. Just kind of got off early there. I, I don't know if okay. You've you've crashed the car into like both guardrails here to start the show. <laughs> Welcome to Sports Adjacent, everyone. I'm Jason Leisure. My co-host Russ Dorsey is uh, just staring into the abyss in disbelief, um, as usual. And yes. uh, Tony Gill Tony Gill is doing his usual job of uh, he actually was right on this one, Russ. This was actually mm-hmm. credible news that he was throwing at us today about Wordle. Credible news. Yeah, this wasn't one of Tony's tidbits. This was on NBC. You know what? The thing I'm shocked about most about that is Tony doesn't research things or fact check things no. or no, look never. things up. So yeah, I, I was kind of shocked that he actually had a a news story that was fact checked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is he's also is he's who, also in media, so he probably should, he he he's supposed to do that. That you know you would think so. You would think so because I think all the time I'm not that surprised when people are fooled by fake news because not everyone works in the media. Not everyone knows how all this stuff works. I'd be surprised, Russ, if you got fooled by fake news because you do know how it all works. You work in the media. Tony also works in the media, but then again, I'm never surprised when. Tony falls for any story or has no brings no journalistic credibility to whatever he's trying to talk about. My way is, is, is more fun, you know, just suspend it's, belief. It's, just suspend it's more exciting. Belief. It's more exciting. Can, I'll give you that. You know, why tell the truth when a lie is more fun? No, Tony, that doesn't work <laughs> in our business. Somebody okay. please fire right. his ass. That's not our. Somebody, you go, you say yeah, that until not our, you don't have a job anymore, Tony. <laughs> It's it's I mean Russ, how do you feel knowing this is who you hand over the episode so to every week? This is who you hand it to and you say, Here you go, Tone. We're trusting you with everything. 
before I hit send, I always have that <sighs> where I, I, I know once it's once I hit send, it's a wrap. It could be a wrap. Yeah. It could be done. Uh living on the uh, wild side. Anyway, Does it feel uh, good though? No. It's a roller coaster of emotions. We've been doing it for a no, year. It doesn't feel good. It's, st- it's still just as nerve wracking as it was the first time. <laughs> And we'll get into that, but uh, no, it doesn't. Have, it doesn't feel. It does not feel good, but it does feel. I mean, you feel something. You feel the have, thrill of living on the edge, Tone. Um, anyway, this uh, this, this ham-handedly produced show, Sports Adjacent, is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Yeah. Happy to have them on board as a sponsor now. And uh, you can use promo code SA twenty three SA two three to get twenty three percent off your order. Russ, they sent us these sheets. And uh, like it's a funny name and everything, but these sheets are awesome, man. Listen, not only are are they high quality hypoallergenic sheets, they're made with eucalyptus, eucalyptus like lyocell threads that keep you cool at night and soft to the touch. Tony, I know yeah, Tony. I, I know the- Tony. Uh, he sleeps in in the buff. Of course, oh, in, in the nude. Of course. Like, is there any other right? Oh, I agree with you for once about that. But like, I, I just, I, I think that's it. You really get the the to understand these sheets in that state. Oh, they just wrap around every vital body part and just hugs it. Just hugs it like, like, like a nice. Stop, please, stop, 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 stop. Sit a play out. Sit a play out. Snub out. You. You can, go on sheets, giggles, you can go on sheetsgiggles.com. That's their website, sheetsgiggles.com, and use promo code SA23. They wanted a Chicago kind of themed promo code as they start out with us here, Russ, so they, they went with 23, like Jordan. Um, Love it. You can get anything on there. You can get these great, I, I, these, like, silky I, – I, when you say they're made out of eucalyptus, like, I, I don't really know what that means. But when you get the sheets, they feel like – very silky, very soft. Like they look good. Um, they've got the duvet cover. They've got flannel sheets that are like a, a eucalyptus cotton mix. They got Finally everything. Learned on what there, a duvet man. was. Congrats, Tone. That's great. I'm really happy yeah. for you. Um, most people already knew because that's what they have on their bed, but that's fine. Um, this is a good gift, by the way. We got Mother's Day coming up next month. You got all—I mean, I'm sorry—in two months. Um, but if you have like birthdays or this is like a really classy gift. You can get for somebody um, or just for yourself, man. If you upgrade your bed situation, you upgrade your sleep situation, that's a win for me. You spend more than half your life in a bed. Why not get the best possible items for that bed? Sleep is the most important part of your day. Giggles is the best product you can have for your bed. And it's not even close. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, check them out. Tony, like, ah, all right, look, we're going to have a staff meeting right here on the air. Did you even sleep in these sheets? Are you just like straight up lying right now because we had to have a conversation the other day mm-hmm. about these people sending you sheets to That's promote right. on the Beautiful show. Beautiful sheets, mm-hmm. they, great sheets. They, they you got to pick the colors and everything, which mm-hmm. I didn't want to get into. Like that, you know, we had to go through that two or three times to get you to do it right. Mm-hmm. Choosing mm-hmm. Tony, Tony, when I asked him, Russ, what color do you want? He chose a color that they don't have. They have a million colors. Tony picks one that they don't have. So anyway, we get that straightened like, out. Like they didn't have a website. He could go and, you know, kind of see what colors right. they have. But, you know, right. neither here nor there. Continue. <laughs> and so I'm to, I'm to understand that uh, after these people express delivered these sheets to you to get them mm-hmm. here in time to start the new partnership. And with mm-hmm. Russ and I uh, 
kicking you a bonus for helping us with this project. We, then we, I, you know what? We don't have to do. Mm-hmm. Russ, I've never been closer to, uh, to, to pulling that back than right now. Um, then your plan was to put these in a closet for six months. Am mm-hmm. I to understand that correctly? Yes. Dumb. I, I value them so much okay. that I only wanted to experience them with my betrothed. That's how much I value Cheech and Giggles. But uh, your, your betrothed can pay you this bonus every month. <laughs> but we had an extra sheet. So they gave us two sheets and I love it. So I used one and um, it just feels so good. So, so good. On, on my follicles, like, uh, man, like, I mean, we can get into it if you guys want to get into it, but you gotta, you gotta put the kids to bed on this one. Oh, so the, our sheets and giggles. Tony was, Tony was in the bed going crazy. Yeah, like by himself. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, he talking. I'm thinking he had a good night's sleep. He talking about, nah, you gotta have to put the right. kids to yeah. bed for this description. Yeah, for this I, review. I thought, well, this is good, at least he used it, even though he's by himself. But, um, you know, then I didn't expect that this would this would turn sexual in that regard. And it sounds like it is. That's how much I love sheets and giggles, man. This man making, this man making love to the sheets. I don't think that's what they, they meant. When huh. they meant soft well, to the touch. look, if hey, if that's why you like them, then that's great. But it's still a great endorsement. Um, and you can get the same sheets that uh, Tony Gill sleeps on. For twenty three percent off by using code not the not the exact same ones not the exact same ones. <laughs> we are oh my god! Please yes, put that out there. We are very excited to partner with Sheets and Giggles. Fun brand um, has a really great social me- social media presence, and you know they get the really, show. Yeah, they get us. We get mm-hmm. them. They they really believe in what we do, and. Uh, we really believe in their product. So we're really excited. And, and, you know, we really want you guys to help them out. Help us out. Sheetsgiggles.com. 23% off. Promo code SA23. Gentlemen, uh, it's a significant day for multiple reasons here on the Sports Adjacent Podcast this week. Not only do we have a brand new sponsor that we're very happy to have partnering with us. But, drum roll please, Tony. Hopefully you'll insert an actual sound, but. (laughs) No, I think that was plenty good. That's great. But it is our one year anniversary. Round of applause. Insert sound here. We did it. Gentlemen, we have made. It's this not your one. Stop. No, it's mine and Russ's yeah, Tony, one this, year anniversary. This yeah. is like your three quarter anniversary because yeah. you You're missed a couple like months. Yeah. Did it, but guys. Jason, the podcast as a whole yeah. has been on for a full year. Uh, as of Thursday, when this episode drops, we will have been on for a year. And guys, I, I'm honestly very. I'm not gonna say shocked because I thought we would, but I'm just the the way the pod has grown since March. The Things that we have done to try to get to this point, just really trying to find a rhythm, find who we were as a podcast, and, and to get to our one-year anniversary, I think that's really dope. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better. I mean, when you the, the first few episodes are still fun and kind of funny to listen to, but uh, I feel like things have definitely 
hit a groove here. And uh, and Tony, you're taking a victory lap over all this. This is all like in spite of you, man. I just want to let you know that. Hey, you know, I'm just glad to be a part of the team, man. Um, thank you guys for uh, um, for allowing me to, you know, lead this effort. Um, I definitely appreciate dragging, essentially, um, this podcast through uh, the regular season to uh, dragging to us through the mud. So um, definitely appreciate you guys bringing me on as a free agent. Um, enjoy the max contract. Uh, and yeah, gonna pile it on with the rest and uh, go for another. Um, first, first okay. things first. Uh, you were a vet minimum at best. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, damaged goods. Uh, yes, you you were causing trouble on your old team. Yeah, lucky having that we fallen out of favor here. three other places first. And we told you, we we told you upon coming to the team, like, hey, first time you mess up, you're out of here, one and done. Yeah, right, I'm not, Jimmy Butler. Done, I'm Jimmy Butler. We've done poor parenting in that regard, Russ. I'm, that's I'm like Jimmy that's Butler. like when you that's tell cool. your when you tell your kid you're going to count to three, and uh, in, inevitably you end up at 12, 13, 14, 15 mistakes. Well, you're the parent that let him do everything you want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. There's been a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. You and I have not been on the same page. Have a backbone. Well, it's some of, it's one of those things like, you know, you guys don't have this come up because you don't have kids, but like sometimes your kids do something that you know you need to correct, but it's also really funny. <laughs> like, you just can't to, stop laughing while you're trying to discipline this. Back back to our one year anniversary, Jason, your thoughts. Yeah, you, you seem like sentimental about it. You seem uh, you seem very you seem very proud of this. We That's should good. be proud. There's a lot of podcasts out there and that didn't make it to a year. And yeah. we did. I think that deserves a victory lap. We don't take a lot no, of victory laps on our pod, but I think we should. No, no, I'm happy. For, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> How do you feel? Oh, I feel the same way. I just enjoy seeing you be happy <laughs> about saying that. You're just like, oh, I'm glad you feel that way. I'm just enjoying seeing you be happy about the project that we've been working on and having it uh, having it go so well. Um, did you, would you Have you been looking at this like a big milestone? Like if we made it to a year, we might – make it overall or I I knew we would but you have to stop and smell the roses so to speak like we set out to something that wasn't our day job and that was really something where we were like look we want to have something outside of what we do every day we can create content we can have fun we can talk about stuff that we don't always get to talk about in our normal jobs whether it's TV and radio and what we do writing and just have a space where, Hey, it's three best friends coming on a pod and, and having a really good time. But also I'm proud of what we've built as a business, right? We yep. both own yep. 50% of sports adjacent LLC. I'm really proud of that. And we partnered with a Gill enterprises, LLC, <laughs> our biggest expense, unfortunately. <laughs> and you know, it, it, might be a very, very small business, but it's a business that we own. And I'm really proud of that. Like we're business owners. Um, I, I'm proud that we, <laughs> even though you had your doubts about how we get there, we've made money doing a podcast. And I think that's really dope. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to be proud. And, and you know, I look and 
look ahead and like, hey, we did a lot of good stuff in our first year, and it makes me really happy for what we can do in year two. I think I enjoy hearing, right, like people say, oh, man, I listen to Sports Adjacent. Like knowing that they listen to you guys and that they want to hear from you guys on, you know, whatever the hot topic in pop culture or, you know, adjacent of sports is going on, like people inside the business and outside the I don't I don't like I don't know what makes me feel better, right? When somebody in the business says what you guys do is funny or what they do is funny uh, and I enjoy listening every week or just, you know, somebody, you know, outside of the business that's just a fan of, you know, Jason or Russ um, and they just enjoy listening to you guys kind of do something that's not a part of your nine to five. Um, like those are excellent uh compliments um and from our you know different partnerships with different people that supported this podcast um people really saw the vision early on and uh we're going to continue to keep getting better and keep growing and you know do different things and bring on bring on you know more fun people like all the people that we brought on excellent yeah like they, I mean, they're friends of the show, like for yeah. life. All of, all of the guests that we've had are they aren't just random people. Like they're legit people that we yeah. respect uh, and we love to talk to. So, like, thank you to all those people, and then thank you to everybody that listens to sports adjacent and supports sports adjacent. Russ, one of the things that I've always thought about this podcast is that this podcast was like born on third base between having a sponsor from day yeah. one, having a a quality producer from day one, having Lawrence uh, with his guidance from day one. But I feel like we've taken that and done well with it. Like, yeah. yes, we had a big head start over anybody that um, tries to do this just by themselves starting in their basement. And I don't say that to be condescending toward anybody who did start a podcast that way. That's just, that's a harder climb than what we've had yeah. to make. We started out in a really, really good position from day one, and that's a luxury that not a lot of places have. But I don't feel like we just stayed content in that. I think that we've constantly pushed to find new ways to do things on here. We've had a lot of serious conversations on here. We've had yeah. a lot of funny conversations. We brought a lot of people in that uh, have been great on the show and great for our audience. And uh, we, we, you and I went into this with really a blank canvas. I mean, yeah, re really, this was... And continues to be like, hey, this is we're going to do this. This is going to be you and me. And that's pretty much the whole plan is you and me. And then however, that's going to materialize, uh, whether that's, you know, a very uh, overly planned idea, like what I have a lot of times where I try to just overly engineer this. And then and sometimes that works out. And, uh, you know, whether or, or it's like, you know, just kind of you improvising and we start spinning around into a really good conversation. I think yeah. that, uh, you know, it's been a good mix and I think it's worked. You guys are both right. I think, Jason, to your point, we are unconventional in how we do it. And because we had the blank slate, we kind of could just throw stuff at the wall, so to speak. Right. We could say, you know what? We really like this this week. Let's do it again. Or this did not work. Let's not do it. Or I think this guest would be great. And and really just kind of see what we enjoyed, what the audience enjoyed. And, and then to Tony's point, it, every day it blows my mind that people listen to our podcast, right? 
Uh, I don't take for granted at all the people that listen to our podcast. And I want to thank everybody that on a consistent basis is his play every Thursday when the podcast comes out. Uh, and there are sure, so many sure people. Us? Well, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> a lot, a lot of reasons I had, didn't want to listen to the podcast. Well, I, well there's people I want to listen to podcasts, but sometimes I don't want all the content to go right. out as, as yeah. it goes this out. Po- this podcast comes out every Thursday morning, and uh, Russ's apology texts go out every Thursday afternoon, I believe. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I just – I'm really grateful for everybody who listens to the pod, and I really – you know, I, I Tony's right in the sense that like there's so many people from so many different walks of life that listen to what we do each week. Our craziness, our you know, thrown together, and I mean that loosely. Um, thoughts like this podcast is Russell's brain and Jason's brain, and unfortunately Tony's brain in audio form each week um that's probably been our biggest conflict is try you and me trying to figure out how to co-parent tony gill yes yes sometimes he does something so bad and you're rightfully angry with him and and i i want to agree with you but also i think it's funny (sighs) yeah i (laughs) and i i think i think part of it was and even the growth of the podcast was listen we had to uh, we came in and said, Tony, we just want you to go. Like, that's literally the conversation we had. Like, Tony, we'll bring you on, not this only for audio content, go. but you're our, our friend, and we know you're a wild boy, but we want you to be a wild boy. And then we had him be a wild boy, and there were some <laughs> episodes where we are like, hey, man, let's, let's reel it back in a little bit. We didn't mean that wild. Um, but we found, we found the right mix of all of those things and it's given us i think something really special and, and different and unique from other pods out there and that's that's what i always wanted like the market's saturated with podcasts yeah. and yeah. in a world where you can find anything you want i think we provide a space for people who love sports to listen to something for people who are just dabbling in sports to li- listen to something and really get something each week and then i think people really enjoy the fact that we are all really friends. We all really love each other. Uh, and we push back on everything that each of the other three says. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful for everybody who's been on the podcast, Maddie Lee and, and our guy Lawrence, who's the uh, executive producer of our podcast and, and really gave us a platform and a space to do what we do. Um, and, and really been there to be like, Hey man, you guys are doing really good work um, and really just gave, you know, it was about two, three months before we even launched the pod that we started working on it um, and really trying to figure it out. And it was, you know, talking to Lawrence for hour and a half, two hours about what we wanted this to be. And he really challenged us and was just like, yo, what, what do you want this to be? Like, what is your mission statement as a pod? And, and really, focused us in an area to where we found it and then turn it into what we have. Um, Layla Rahimi and Billy Gill, Chris Cody and Evan F. Moore and Cam Ellis and Herb Howard. Um, <laughs> Birds aren't real guy. All the hotels. Peter that, 
Yep, there you go. Um, all the different hotels that Jason and I have recorded out of while we were on the road. Um, Tony's parents and girlfriend for letting him record in these various places. Uh, for all those things, we thank you. This is like an Oscar award speech, Oscar acceptance speech here. There's been so many different cool moments in the year of pods, different weird moments, funny moments, bad moments. I want to take an opportunity for us to really talk about the ones that stick out of my mind. Um, for me, the and it happened early. <laughs> the first real funny moment was from episode two, where oh. <laughs> Tony, uh, uh, without even us asking, mentioned that he had never been to a library before. Oh, and yes. Jason and I were caught so off guard and it turned into comedic gold. And so that was like the first, that was the first time where obviously we we're two weeks in, but I'm like, yeah, if we could do this every week, we're going to be in really good shape. That's where uh, it's a very weird sports show. And I do appreciate everybody for everyone who likes this. Like you're pretty weird, but I'm glad yes. that you are. I'm glad that you are because because uh, so are we. And uh, I don't know. There might be shows where we didn't even talk about sports. I don't know. I kind of lose track of it sometimes. And it's not um, just on the checklist every week. Like, hey, let's make sure we talk a little bit about sports. That Really, the whole purpose of the show from the beginning, Russ, was that in a, in a lot of ways, you and I felt kind of constrained on what we could say. Yeah. Because you might have thoughts on a million different things. But the places that you work for only really have hired you to talk about one thing, be it the Absolutely. Cubs or baseball at large or the Bears or whatever. Right. That was one um, of many very odd Tony Gill revelations. The other one yes. is more recent. The other one is more recent, and this just sticks with me. Um, like, this feels like the library. We kind of glossed over the library one, I feel like, maybe at the time a little bit. Um, and this one feels similar to me. Russ, he told a story. I feel like I'm the only one that heard him say this. He told a story about being in a daycare mm-hmm. as a child, and they would threaten to put a live turtle on their hair, on their head to eat their hair if they didn't what, Tony? If they didn't like, if you guys didn't eat your breakfast, what was it? If uh, if we if we didn't lay down and take our nap, <laughs> they would, put a, Yo, they would threaten these. Tony went somewhere. Tony's parents dropped him off somewhere for how long, Tony? Like how long did you go to this thing? Uh, a full a full work day, and I think I'd say there through like preschool and like a little bit of <laughs> his parents dropped him off at this place every day for years, Russ, where they were threatening to put a live turtle on his head to eat his hair if he didn't take his nap. And so flies down your pants. You lived. And flies down your pants if you drop crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yikes. What what is this? I, they would put flies down your pants? Mm-hmm. Did you grow up here in America? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Man, tell you about those those daycares, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeez. Tony, uh your your what what were some of the cool moments from our year of shows that stick out in your mind? Um well even though I wasn't here, the episode you guys did with Chris Cody uh just made me laugh throughout the episode because I'm like, this is this is white me. Like right here, 
<laughs> Chris Cody is the white Tony Gill is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Like this, this it's, it's like I never left this episode. It was I was dying when you guys played the uh, uh, <laughs> the fusing words segment. Like it was. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't checked out that episode, or if you skipped that episode, or you know was back so you have to catch up and just learn listen to the reason go back and listen to the chris cody episode it's 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 probably top five favorite sports jason sports adjacent episodes episode 45 with chris cody uh tony's replacement actually (laughs) he was it sounds like it sounds like tony would endorse that the funniest part is we had chris cody on who tony loves and tony was not on right but it just felt right it was so fitting (laughs) and yeah, no, that I, I agree with Tony. That was one of our I call it I t- for everybody out there, I, I tell Tony and Jason when we have a triangle offense game uh, or a triangle off pod, that's when we're just firing at all cylinders. That was definitely a, a triangle offense pod. So, so favorite, yeah, shout out shout I, out to I Chris Cody, also part, presented by Sheets and Giggles. Yes. Yeah, I think my favorite my favorite part of that episode, I believe, was uh, was Chris Cody. Uh, just so badly butchering his sheets and giggles <laughs> promo right. by not knowing the promo, not knowing what the promo code was, and pronouncing their name as <laughs> and giggles. Yes. The very company he's endorsing, he sticks a profanity in for years, <laughs> endorsing for years. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I've really enjoyed all, all of our guests, and and we we're very strategic in who we bring on our podcast because they have to fit what we do. We have yeah. to have people who have a sense of humor. Um, I did not know Herb Howard before he came on the pot. And, you know, he was great. And obviously we're going to have Herb on again. But, you know, the the Meat Peaks episode is one that sticks out. <laughs> episode 27. Like that. <laughs> okay. One, so Russ, at, at that time, buddy. At that time. Yeah, at that time, it was traumatized. You're, you're appearing on. Uh, local marquee network. You're uh, you're appearing on the score. You're writing in the Chicago Sun Times. Which mm-hmm. of those places are you going to detail the meat peak? <laughs> oh man, uh, that is why this podcast exists, right? Yeah. Nobody who who can I share this this story of my yeah. horrific work that into a Sunday baseball at, column <laughs> at the yeah at the Midway Airport uh, bathroom on my way to catch a flight. <laughs> Somewhere, I I, uh, Russ. I can't remember. Did he look at it in like in awe, or did he look at it like no? Because it was it was the double look, right? So he he looked down, looked up, and then turned to where he saw. Like so, it's not like he looked and turned. He looked at it mm-hmm. and then looked up at me. And what do you then think he thought? I think it was just research, just dispassionate research. <laughs> It's a little market research. <laughs> I don't know, man, but that 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 story was really funny. Uh, telling I it, think, I think our our debate about you know people touching you on planes. I thought that was a good yes. That was that was a good discussion. All my yeah. flight stories were really good. Yeah. Yes, and that <laughs> I had a wild year in flights. Immediately outed Tony as a bad person. Huh? Yeah, you know? yeah. Tony, Tony was just like, no, <laughs> I, I will find a different seat, no matter how scared this person is. Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. Not my job. Not my job. I don't get paid to do that. 
Uh, what do you get paid to do? Because you know, that's I, the I question. Remember, I remember one episode in the first. Like, there's been many Tony eating problems during the episode, including one where you were you did the final like what twenty minutes of the show with mayo in your mustache. Oh, I'm about, we're gonna get to that part. Uh, that was what tone? What's your what's your defense of it? Uh, you know, I was hungry. Things okay, were getting right. chewed up. You no, feel me? Good. Yes, I feel you. Okay. Jeez. All right. See, Russ, if you want to go through the whole year, there's going to be some of that in there, too. It's not all going to be, you know, triumphs. I mean, that, that was the that's what I was going to get to next of, of, of uh, down moments from, from our year pod. Yeah. There weren't many. Is that the same episode where he ate a sandwich that was the size of a small child? So, yeah, I was going to say I wrote down worst moments uh, in our first year. Tony eating multiple times during the episodes. Russ, are uh, you ever so- hungry? Are you ever hungry during the show? All the time. Get hung- yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. But I, we I don't eat record this the, at like eight o'clock. Right. We typically record the show around eight o'clock central time. So right around dinner. And I'm usually doing show prep right up until that. I don't eat dinner until whenever we're done with this, like around 11 o'clock. And I somehow managed mm. to do an entire show without having a sandwich or a, mm. a bowl of Caesar salad here with me, Tone. Mm. I mean, God bless you, man. Uh, he's a better person than me. <laughs> his stomach be rumbling for me. His, his, what, oh what is his character? What are you doing? Here's his What's this character where your voice gets really deep and then you add filming to the end of it? What is this? <laughs> I, I don't is know. Something new that you're debuting? Yeah, I'm guessing a new guy. popping up. Yeah. I'm here's stopping. my problem with Tony eating on our podcast. He is responsible. Honestly, his one job is to make sure we have pristine audio as the producer right. of yep. this podcast. Yet, him of the three of us is the one like, yeah, I think it's a good idea to eat and slurp custard into a microphone. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. Slurps again. Hey, you were slurping custard. What did he you to slurp custard? What did he say that was inaccurate? <laughs> right. Disputing you were slurping custard. I got the episode. Slurping custard. <laughs> and you had mayo on your mustache. Every, <laughs> Multiple everybody, times. Everybody. Everybody that listens to the show could hear you slurping custard, Tone. I mean, you guys can't be putting me out there like that, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I did that. Tony, you're out there like that. That's exactly Tony, what we, happened. We have video. Video. We have video. <laughs> we have video. We can find that's it. That's right. No, it's not. It's oh, that's God. so funny. It's it's not so. He's, he's turning a little embarrassed for us now that we're reading the transcript back to him. <laughs> yeah, listen, they ain't, they ain't so fun when you the world find out you're slurping custard, all right? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, Jason, right. Jason's right. Like we record, you know, at during dinner time and, you know, when the body knows, Hey, this is, this is dinner time. What you doing, fam? And it's like, Hmm. I wonder what's Tony. around here. Oh, a sandwich. <laughs> Tony. A baby sandwich. <laughs> Tony. Uh, Tony. Nom, nom, nom. Get chewed up. Tony, Tony. This is why, this is why <laughs> I'm not listening to anything you have to say. <laughs> As Jason chokes to death, this is why I'm not add, you, can't just add, you can't just add your filming to the end of everything, and we're just gonna be like, "Oh, okay, now it makes sense." This is this is why all what Tony said is bull, and maybe I'm gonna use him in our segment later. Tony, you work from home; you can eat whenever you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not like you're going into work like Jason or I, or we're you're, we're on the road or going wherever. Mm-hmm. You work at the place that you live that has a mm-hmm. refrigerator, microwave, and oven. Russ, this is why he didn't make it in the NBA because the games are during dinner time. He'd yeah, I mean, fans, 
You should have seen me like at these games, man. Food was getting gobbled. From me. <laughs> oh my god! This might be the worst. Why do I like it? Why do I like it? Because it is funny. What's wrong with funny. me? <laughs> no, see, he acts this way and he can't control it. But like, I, I think it says more about me that I find it so funny. I think uh, another worst moment. Uh, our uh, birds aren't real. Looking back. Oh, really? What? Yeah, dog. Looking I back on real it, guy. I I had to think about it for a couple months to really. But looking at all the shows we've done since, nah, man, didn't hit for me. My man was on the news like after he did our show, like he was out here doing big things. He like he threw up the truth. when he was spreading on the, the news. truth. He was Don't poisoned, I believe. He says, Russ, he was poisoned by uh, the government. Yeah, yeah. By the government. Yeah, feel me? No, no, I do not feel you, sir. <laughs> It doesn't work when I do it? Okay. No, no. All right, all right. I'll leave that to Tom. There's nothing, and I mean nothing, more valuable than your sleep. And because of that, your sheets should be of the highest quality. That's why you need to work with our friends at Sheets and Giggles. They use the highest quality hypoallergenic materials in their bedding so that you get the best sleep possible. Sheets and Giggles offer soft, breathable sheets that will make you run in your bed but they're also made with sustainable eucalyptus lyocell threads. Not only will you get a great night's sleep, but you'll help the environment as well. This isn't just a one-way street either. They're the same sheets that are on my bed right now. I got the pearl-colored sheets, and listen, I get hot at night, but the eucalyptus lyocell threads keep me nice and cool. Combine that with my Sheets and Giggles comforter, and your boy's gonna be knocked out. Use our promo code SA23. That's SA23 to get 23% off your next order at SheetsGiggles.com. Don't waste any time. Head over to Sheets and Giggles and get ready for the best night's sleep you've ever had. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We can't do any more Love is Blind on this show. We did two episodes of it. Like, it's enough. I agree with you. It's but I did show. watch the reunion. And the only thing I want to tell you from the reunion, Russ, is that uh, the guy we've been telling you about, Shake. Yeah. They all hate him. Every time he opened his mouth, they all wanted to kill him. <laughs> and uh, his most memorable moment on the, on the finale, on the reunion, was uh, he declared that the only woman on the entire show that he found attractive was Nick Lachey's wife. Oh, like, okay. I'm, I'm really surprised Nick Lachey wasn't like, let's, you, you trying to go outside, my guy? Like, what, what are we trying to do here? <laughs> like, like, the most asinine thing he could have said. It was yeah. unbelievable. Like, you got you got to fight him. Here's, here's my issue. So I, after refusing, mm-hmm. told myself, you know what? I'll watch the last episode of the season, right? So on Saturday, I watched the last episode of the season, yeah, where you know everybody's getting married or not getting married, and 
the realization I came to after watching for an hour was I can't believe my friends that love me dearly think I should go on this terrible ass show. <laughs> hmm. Well, should go is not, I don't know if that's accurate, but we thought you'd be good at it for obvious reasons that we've already said. And we would like to also be on it in the background as Russ's friends. But again, we can't do any more Love is Blind. We're not going to do any uh, more It's not Love even good TV. What? Doug, no, this we're not doing We've done this episode two weeks in a row. We're not doing it a third time. But now I've, now I've actually seen it, and I'm here to confirm. The fact that y'all watched that and are locked in as, as much as y'all were, come on now. Ashley watched the reunion episode with me and had not seen any of – she'd heard us talking about it, but um, she thought the reunion episode was very funny. <laughs> It's yeah, with all, shakes, with all shakes interjections. Anyway, something uh, much, much more high quality, I think, and inter- even more interesting that uh, I just got finished watching on Netflix. And I know that you guys saw was the Kanye documentary, um, which I was thinking when I started watching it, that he must have been very involved in this and uh, come to find out he did not have control over this, which I think is part of why it was kind of revealing. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some input, but this was not in his hands, and he was threatening Netflix all the way to the end until he saw. Until uh, he, I believe, what I read was that he saw the first episode and was very happy with that. He might want to check out episodes two and three. Um, I found this incredibly to be an incredibly interesting and revealing portrait of him in a lot of ways. I think getting a look at what he was like when he was brand new and young and trying to break in and working so hard uh, was fascinating. Um, and, and the way he seemed that the way he seemed at the time juxtaposed with how he seems now is I imagine this a lot for him to take in if he does sit and watch the entirety of this, but it's also like you, no matter what you think of this guy and all the things that he's said or done over the years, like the guy's an incredible artist and that usually doesn't come cleanly. Usually it's going to be complicated and messy and, uh, you know, come with a lot of baggage. It's he's lived a lot of lives. Yes. Very well. First came onto the scene and you get to see all of those different lives in this documentary and shout out to, to Cootie, his friend who had all this footage from years and years and years ago, when Kanye was first on the scene to Kanye just recently, uh, that's that, that that can't be easy for a friend, you know, watching the, the developments. And you hear Cootie even talk about it in the, the, the doc. Like there were times when him and Kanye didn't even speak when Kanye weren't wasn't even for years uh, f- who forgot who he was when, you know, when Kanye had outgrown or I felt he had outgrown Cootie. And then you see the things come back around and when Kanye really needed him he made that call um, and that was really cool but also shout out to him for being getting paid 30 million dollars for the footage like that's you know that's that's <laughs> that's super dope but uh, off a hunch uh, off a hunch it, it seemed like he really just had a hunch he was doing this show uh, was the show channel zero or the channel called channel zero the, the show was called he was on, he was hosting Channel Zero and interviewing artists and highlighting hip hop artists and he from the way he tells it just kind of had a hunch like 
Kanye was going to be headed somewhere interesting and going to be a great artist. And so he kind of gave up his career to join that crew and document it. And he picked the right guy because it, the footage is fascinating Russ. because, and who knows like how much it had to end up uh, on the cutting room floor because it's, it's all very intimate. I, I can't imagine, even if you don't like Kanye West, the personality, yeah. or you don't like his music, I think you'll find this really compelling. It's so much behind the scenes, intimate footage, you know, him going back to his childhood home. This, so much of this is before he made it big. So this is not really a, a put on. This isn't, these people aren't performing for the camera. I think this is the greatest musical documentary of all time. And I've seen a lot of documentaries and like this is this was better than Last Dance in my opinion. And it was because it was the intimacy. It, it was because that there was an objective party with access doing this documentary. Yeah. Um, and Keeping him out of it in the right. end. When the, the subject of a documentary is heavily involved in the documentary, it's not going to be a good documentary unless that person is a unique individual that has no worries about exposing the, the inner workings of their lives, um, issues and all, dark spots and all. Um, this one was able to do that with the intimate footage, um, which is which is super key. And uh, an example that really wrapped it up for me was in the final episode where he's just looking at, he's recording still Kanye. Kanye's called him back um, to kind of you know, reconnect after, you know, years. Um, him and Cootie. Yeah, him and Cootie. And Cootie has the presence of mind when Kanye is having a psychotic break. Yep. Um, and he turns the camera off. Like he could have had that footage and he was like, nah, I can't put my mans out there like that, like that. Like he showed just enough to let us know like, where it what, was headed. You, right. Yeah. Where it was going and how we know Kanye to be, you know, at this point in time. And, but he still had the presence of mind. All right. Okay. That's you get the gist. I can't do my friend that way. Like it did two things, right? He was covering his friend. And usually you want to paint your friend in the best light possible. But this documentary just laid out the the truth as hard as a person's life can be, not including him being an artist. Right. Which is already complicated and, you know, a bunch of weird things. But everybody has stuff and everybody doesn't want to expose all of their stuff, which is fine. Right. But for Cootie to do this uh, project on his friend and be able to tell a great picture, um, which was factual uh, over three episodes. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was amazing. And it's going to be tough to beat that in my mind because everybody wants to control their own narrative, which I understand, but you're never going to get, a full picture of a situation when, you know, the subject of a documentary has control over it. Well, Cootie got in there with his camera before Kanye was at a point where he would have been thinking about having control over that or before he'd 
reached any. I mean, he got in so early. And the story arc of this thing, if you haven't seen it, is it's three episodes. They're each, what, an hour, hour and a half, I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The episode one is him just trying to make it as a rapper. He's a he's a, a, a blossoming producer and nobody will take him seriously as a rapper. Episode two is he makes it. And episode three is now more of what you think of as a look into modern Kanye West. And uh, it's all extremely interesting. And I was wondering when I was watching that first episode, Russ, I, I was wondering what he must think watching it now, because when you watch him, then he looks, he seems so earnest, so genuine. He seems happy. You're rooting for him. When you're watching this, if you throw out everything you know about Kanye West, if you're someone that uh, is put off by him, and I'm not, but if I'm, I'm fine with like watching him go through his journey of whatever, I mean, figuring things out. But if, if I know a lot of people don't like him, I think even if you don't like him, watching that first episode, you're rooting for him. Like he's su- he's such a likable uh, protagonist in that first episode. I think uh, for me. Watching Kanye is like watching two different people, right? And you get to see that come to life in this documentary, right? You see Kanye pre-success where he's trying to grind and make it. You see Kanye post-success when he has the world at his fingertips. You see Kanye pre his mom passing when she's right there for everything. You see him post mom passing when he seems lost admitted it um and you can just see it you see kanye pre um mental health issue or even and maybe not even pre but before it was diagnosed right where you you just didn't know you just thought you know oh well this is just kanye then you see him post where he's like yo i'm i had to take bipolar medicine when i got up this morning and and like just to have a normal normal conversation like you see that come to life. And I think it's really good to put those pieces together that we assume that we're there all along, but to really have that and to go off of, I think was really important. And um, like you said, like people can feel how they want to feel about Kanye. I, I, I understand that. Um, I think it is nice to have where things started, right? Where, where do they went and then where they are now? I think the best, I think the best part about the doc to me, it it's the I usually don't know how I feel about first person documentaries, but this one might be, you know, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but like the best one of the best I've seen as far as first person documentaries go, where like the person who was telling the story was right there and and coincidentally was also the person filming all of the footage. Um it's a really unique combination of things that I think help bring the story to life even more. Yeah. When you, when you talk about seeing him through all these different lenses and all these different um, just uh, tangents of his life, I think there's comes a point. I want to say it's in episode two. It's about halfway through the entire thing where it's Cootie says, it seems like Kanye is being a playing a character. Yeah. Rather than being mm-hmm. himself. And I think from there he gets lost in that where the character he's playing and who he really is, it all gets kind of blurry and he is freshly uh, kind of rocked 
by the death of his mom, that kind of he loses part of what has grounded him throughout. His mom is an incredible character in this movie. I want to get back to that in a minute. But um, it gives you a glimpse into maybe what we're seeing now, where he, he seems to have kind of gone off the rails again after his divorce. And it, I couldn't help thinking of that when we were when I was watching this documentary and seeing like when his mom dies or when he has the uh, the car accident or things like that, like these events throw him off and uh, it, it takes a while. It, ta- it takes a while for somebody that is dealing with a lot of things al- already to kind of get right after something like that. Yeah, I mean, um, I look at Kanye now and he just seems like such a different person like in that first episode, right? Um, <clears throat> he just seems like a super motivated guy. He seems right? so happy. Right. He just so seems so happy, happy even, even while struggling. Wanted- he seemed so happy. He seemed right. like he just, very pleased with his life. Yeah. Enjoying it. And, and I don't know. Want, he doesn't seem like that now. Yeah. And wanting to, you know, prove himself like, and, you know, sometimes when things happen, like the reason why I'm saying this is because it didn't, it didn't feel like he had a, um, any, you know, mental struggles at that point of his life. Um, but things can be triggering, right? Things can set the a domino effect of things that happen. And I think his mother, including fame, I, I think fame yeah. is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Having fame, like stupid amounts of fame, then having your, your mother die. I think those were key factors, but I think his mother passing was a, was a trigger that set something off in Kanye that I don't think has been resolved. Yes, yeah, he's trying to find these other things to cope, right? His wife, his kids, him reuniting with his dad, um, right. God. Uh, he's tried to find all these other things without ever, it, it seems to me, looking out obviously from the outside, that that part has never been resolved yet. And I don't, I don't know if he notices that or has a self-aware of it, maybe yeah. this documentary helps him out in terms of the self-awareness factor, because in the, in, at the end of the documentary, you just kind of look at Cootie and, and Cootie is kind of lost. Like, I don't, I don't know what else yes. to do, but yeah. present this project and hopefully my friend Kanye can come back um, from the depths that, that, that he's in. And it doesn't seem like a happy ending. It just seems like an ending. I think uh, I think it's cool to watch. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's like Cootie was kind of okay with that relationship ending, hmm. right? And and he was kind of like, "Hey, man, this was really cool, and this was like my guy for a long time. He's gone on to be this." uber successful person six years they didn't speak and cootie went off to have kids have a family and then one day kanye reached out and i think it's the fact that everything in kanye's life that went wrong and everything that you said oh we say about oh man he's making the wrong decisions he's doing this wrong doing that wrong but when he really needed somebody in his life like that, 
he did call Cootie. Yeah. And to Cootie's credit, he was there. Yeah. Six years later, after not speaking, yeah. I know there are a lot of people who would not be able to do that. Well, after he, say, he, he was with Kanye for the whole struggle to make it. Right. And then he shows you in episode two, once he made it, I was on the outside. I didn't right. matter anymore. Right. His and, team, and, which yeah. I wasn't part of, told me there's not room for you. And also how Cootie took that. Like, he wasn't bitter. Like, so many, like, yeah. early early in the first episode, you had guys knowing Kanye is about to rise in Chicago, was just hanging out with him, and they made a diss song about him the same right. day, and they yeah, released right. him. <laughs> like, like right. Cootie didn't get bitter. He was like, you know what? You know, this has been a blessing to me doing this. I've enjoyed this project. This is a passion project that I wanted to do. Um, and Kanye has, has moved on. And I will be here for Kanye whenever he needs me. That's a real friend. Like that's yeah. a a genuine friend that I think in the end Kanye reached out because he needed that connecting point. Like he needed that connection, you know, to his mom, to his base, yeah. to Chicago. Like he's gotten so much bigger than, you know, Chicago and um what he was as a producer that Cootie, I think, was an embodiment of what Kanye was. And I think Kanye missed that. At least in some, some part of him missed that. So reaching out to Cootie was uh, was a sign, I think, about that. Uh, I think my second favorite part about the documentary was him going to, in the Rockefeller Studios, playing what we know as slappers. Yeah. Like yeah. he, yeah. he, and yeah. them ignoring it completely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like I don't know as as content creators. Like, like it motivated me. <laughs> like knowing that kind, knowing Kanye believing in his heart, his product, saying this is fire right here. And everybody, he goes to multiple offices. And they're just like con- conducting side conversations and oh hey right. how y'all doing while Kanye is playing one asking of him the to turn it off songs from the most legend one of the most legendary albums in hip hop history. I know at first glance, yes, that's the case, and that's what I think a lot of us took from that. But you, I think somebody who was an exec at Rockefeller at the time did an interview after episode one. And it was like, listen, one hindsight is twenty twenty. We all know that All Falls Down is an all-time classic. At the same time, Kanye had been in there five times with the same camera crew and playing the same records. And it's like, one, how many times can you do this before it's annoying? And two, people were in there working. Yes. Like, well, Russ, it's this, not is, like- this is where I found the juxtaposition of that and his mom so interesting. And this is where you have, I think it speaks to like what a what just an absolute uh, earth shattering moment it was for him to lose his mom. Not that it would, I mean, it'd be hard for anyone to lose their mom, but his mom was his confidence. This first episode, you are so right what you're saying, because he's going around just annoying people with this. He is yeah. like, he's just begging people to listen to this, trying to get anybody he can to listen to this. And it's, it's annoying. You can see it's extremely disruptive to their work day. These are people yes. in cubicles, like trying to process expense reports. And he's like, cranking it up as loud as he can there's one scene where i think he's playing it in a hotel room or something like that and uh he plays a song and i think he's getting ready to play another one and, and dame dash like the executive that he needs to impress <laughs> runs out of the room 
he's like, I got to go. Like, he yeah. just leaves. But then meanwhile, you throw that up against footage of him back at his mom's apartment and his mom the whole time. His mom is incredibly supportive. His mom is telling him, yeah. oh, this is really, really good, Kanye. This is really interesting. Like, you've been doing stuff like this since you were a little kid. You've always had his mom. And again, this is these are like intimate moments behind the scenes with a guy who's not famous at the time. So this is not an act by any of these people. It gives you such a glimpse into their relationship. She's his, she's like the inner voice that he hears. She's the confidence that gets him to keep doing this, to keep annoying the, the crap out of these people that want him to just, okay, enough, 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 enough. Yeah. Uh, And it's, uh, I was really touched by like what a good mom she was to him. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this. I've never really experienced it to that degree, but knowing that you have gold, knowing that you are a star, knowing that you're bigger than your current situation. Well, maybe you have, um, now that I kind of talk about it, but having, Tony, other do people- you feel that way about this show tone? <laughs> yeah. Is that what no, you're getting at? no, but like having other people, ignore it having other people not believe in what your dream is and not even just like this pipe it's something that you worked hard at something that you know that you are dope at and i i get you have this gold here and everybody's ignoring it like i get like and also like this isn't he didn't just walk into you know a random IBM, where people are, you know, doing this is a creative, this is Rockefeller Records, the biggest, right. you know, music record label at that time. A creative space musically putting out one of, if not the greatest rap artist of all time in Jay Z. Like, it's music. Like, this is supposed to be a space for creatives and music to come together and thrive. And of course he's going to keep playing it. Like, of course. Like, nobody gave it a serious listen. Like, why not? How do like, we know? We don't not? want... Well, here's my thing. One, I agree with you. I've been in places, a space where I know a story of mine is amazing and a publication didn't want it. And I was able to then say, look, look at that. Like, you didn't want it. And now it's done 60,000 reads. Um, but the, listen, man, we don't know that they... Like, yeah, they clearly at Rockefeller as a, as a company didn't take him seriously for a long time. But what are people in that office supposed to do? At the end of the day, it was Dame and, and Ho's job to say, all right, or and Biggs to say, all right, this is this is going to happen. This We're going to open up the budget for Kanye. Like you saw after the accident, Biggs wasn't trying to open up the budget. <laughs> he was like, uh, we have other acts over here. You guys, you go until you get better. You just go make beat for people and then... He had to do everything himself. And sometimes that's what you need. You got to do it yourself because people aren't going to believe right away in your dream and your passion until you show them. And then people will co-sign once you get it done. And that's what Rockefeller did. It was like, oh, you're for real, for real. All right, we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. Russ, you want to try a new segment out? Always. That's what we do. Hit the button, Tone. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. 
and what comes out is bullshit. Look what Tony, happens when he tries. Tony, Look at Tony, this. I was about to say, <laughs> you don't try often, and it took you a year, but that might be your best work, sir. Comes back uh, and totally redeems himself you. from. You see what you, happens you. when you try to be one percent better, like for real. <laughs> <laughs> Took me all of eight hours, but we got. Oh go. my god! No. Oh, you mean you had to work outside of uh, recording oh, time man. on the show? Really? Oh, okay. Thing we yeah. actually pay you for. Now, somebody, right. Look who actually earned his 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 bonus. Yes. All right. Happy all right. happy happy one year anniversary, guys. It's all down to oh, thanks. thanks so much, Tone. <laughs> New segment I call Bullsheet. Uh, yeah. This is presented by Sheets and Giggles. They do a lot of good puns off their name. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big pun guy, but theirs are funny. They have all kinds of them. You can uh, hit them up on Twitter to talk sheet. Uh, you'll get your sheets, and the box says, like, oh, sheet, or this is some good sheet. And it actually is. Uh, the sheets, I put the sheets, the duvet, and the duvet cover all on my bed right away as soon as I got it. Loved it. Very comfortable. Silky smooth eucalyptus sheets. Um, temperature wise, the thing they say about that, Russ, like about how like these are like they'll cool you. Like, yeah. All right. I, I, they do. It's very comfortable in there with the eucalyptus sheets. And and Tony, we already have detailed your experience with the sheets. I, I don't want to hear that again, please, ever. They hug um, them. Thank you. But uh, you can go on Sheets and Giggles. They've got sheets, like regular sheets, but they've also got flannel sheets if that's what you want. They've got duvets, duvet covers, all kinds of stuff on there. And you can get 23% off. This is much better than their normal offer. They wanted to do one that was kind of Chicago-focused. That's why they picked the 23. You can get 23% off with our promo code SA23, sports-adjacent 23. But that's you know that's the explanation. That's not the code. The code is SA23. Punch that in. You'll get 23% off. Russ, what would you like to call bullshit on? I'm calling bullshit on... Zion Williamson and then the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh. Now, Zion had been away from the Pelicans all season, right? Recovering from a foot surgery where the foot did not heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other day, the Pelicans, after not seeing Zion for months, say, you know what? Zion's foot is healing and he's going to return and pick up more basketball activities and weight bearing exercises as he works his way back from a foot injury. Doug, there are 17 games left in y'all season. If y'all don't shut that man down, I'm calling bullshit because clearly Zion Williamson had an issue with the Pelicans where he didn't even want to be in New Orleans. I'm going to go all the way to Portland, Oregon, (laughs) and work out there because I do not want to be here. I mean, I guess at at some point it's good that he at least wants to be in the same building, same city as the Pelicans, but this whole thing to make it sound like he might make a return at some point. Stop it. That man is not coming back. He's had an issue with the Pelicans since the day they drafted him, I feel like. He never wants to be there. They had some photos of him, though, Russ. We you know we did an episode before where I think we called last fall where we called him the walking beignet based on the walking beignet. <laughs> I believe that's the nickname. Yes. Yes. Uh, they had some photos of him. I think he was out at Whole Foods or maybe in I thought he was at somebody's like, church. I think he was also at church and he looked uh, he looked pretty good. He looked fit. He looked like maybe he would be coming back. Hey, man, I ain't seen him on the floor in a year so. Same thing with Ben Simmons. He almost got my vote this week. Um, but I decided to go with Zion. Just get on the floor, man. 
Like we can't do all this. This guy is going to be a super. I can't tell you what they're going to be if they're not on the floor. Tony, you have something you want to call bullshit on? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, one, one sports, one out of sports. So okay. my sports, uh, the one I call bullshit on is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he complains, complains, complains uh, about what's going on in Green Bay. Um, wins two consecutive MVPs uh, under this coach that he didn't green light um, with this management that he had beef with uh, and then receives uh, a 200 you know million dollars I'm sure that's gonna come with incentives so 200 plus million dollar contract making him the highest paid player in NFL history to stay at Green Bay Packer. What were you complaining about sir? I, I mean, <laughs> it's it, it's such crap, and I feel like once you once you force yourself out of somewhere, now real pressure starts to come, right? Because all right, you forced your way out of this spot, or you better win in your next spot. Um, and that I don't know if he wanted that kind of smoke in his life. Uh, he likes being comfy, right? Everybody else gets the blame in Green Bay, but him when they lose. When you know he's only got one Super Bowl ring, look, and people are come young quarterbacks are coming up quick, and look, I love the way Aaron Rodgers plays football. I've always loved watching him play football. Um, but come on, man, this this is bullshit. What you were trying to pull off there? I mean, just do what you do and be quiet in peace. So my second one is Joe oh, Biden. I, I, by the way, oh, never mind. Now I want to hear this. No, my second one is Joe Biden. Um, what are you doing bringing back student loans, man? They Listen, they let's talk about they it. They weren't bothering <laughs> let's nobody. Let's talk about it. Let's they talk about it. bothering nobody, right? It's not, Everybody this is not, was cool, chilling. Man, listen. And then you're going to bring them back for what? For who? It's, like, it, you we know were what? spending money that we didn't have before. <laughs> <laughs> What are we right, doing? This is, so this is not Joe Biden. This, Come on, man. Sorry. This is not a political <laughs> podcast, and we don't get into that here. I will say, if you run on, we're gonna wipe out student loans, and then when people call ask you about it, you say, I mean, y'all had two years, right? <laughs> like, come on, man. No, I'm with you, Tony. Those are good. Jason, uh, what are you what what are you calling bullshit I, on this I, week? Well, yeah, I was. Uh, I was going to follow up on Tony's comments about Aaron Rodgers, but then he went in on the president. And I was like, oh, I think I'd like to hear this. Um, I call bullshit on the Denver Broncos after trading for Russell Wilson and trying to make it look like that's who they wanted all along was Russell Wilson and not Aaron Rodgers. They, they leaked that out. So, so, so let me get this straight. Then the Russell Wilson trade happens within hours of Aaron Rodgers decision to return to the Packers. And very quickly it's leaked to ESPN that, Oh, they've been talking to Seattle for a few weeks, which I bet they have. And also that they have never talked to Green Bay, which I bet that's not true uh, about a trade for Aaron Rodgers. And uh, this is after they they signed, they hired Aaron Rodgers' coach from Green Bay. They definitely wanted Aaron Rodgers. That was definitely plan A. And it's no surprise that as soon as that didn't work, they went to Russell Wilson. Now, not a bad plan B. No. Because if you remember, the Bears a year ago were trying to trade for Russell Wilson. And when that fell through, the next day, they pulled the pin on plan B, and it was Andy Dalton. 
So this is a much better plan B. Yeah, there's a reason the people that made those decisions are no longer employed by the Bears. I like this segment. We might do this again. I I call bullshit. I think that works. I call bullshit is a good segment. It's brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, and you can use our promo code SA23 SA23 to get 23% off at Sheets and Giggles. Great place to upgrade your betting and great place to buy gifts to help parents, friends, girlfriend, whoever upgrade theirs. You know, sports betting is big in this country and it's fun. bigger, you know, you know, we had a, a betting sponsor and, you know, we are going to dive back into that pool. We hope very soon, every league you, you see, whether it's major league baseball, the NBA, the NFL, NHL are all partnered with DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, you name a betting sponsor, they have it. Um, but a big part of that is the guys on the field or on the court cannot take part. And somebody did not inform Calvin Ridley of that. Wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, Calvin Ridley, was suspended for the entire 2023 season after an investigation found that he <laughs> made bets. An eight-game parlay, to be in fact, um, in Florida where idea. he resides – uh, through the Hard Rock, according to reports, and the Hard Rock informed Genius Sports, who is in charge of their their fantasy and, and daily sports betting um, operations to make sure that teams, players, executives aren't taking part. Uh, and they found that Calvin really had, in fact, bet on football, uh, including Atlanta Falcons games, I believe. Yes. Atlanta Falcons games uh they said between the you know a week between I think it was November week in November uh when he was out he was actually on the non injury list uh dealing with mental uh health issues was when he made these bets uh bet on the Falcons to win no I was just going to say uh I know Calvin Ridley said that look I, I don't have a gambling problem I, I bet $1,500 total. I couldn't even watch football at that point. And, uh, you know, a couple more tweets after that about I mean, I'm going to come back healthy and stronger, things the guys say after that. But this is a, a very interesting story, gentlemen, because I, I think there's a lot of things that you can hit. So first and foremost, I saw people coming out. You have abusers in the NA, uh, NFL and, and guys who – hit women and have sexually assaulted people and they're playing all the time. And those guys don't get suspended as long as Calvin Ridley. I get that. And I agree that those things are diabolical and those, those things should be pointed out and you should be punished for those things. Calvin really knew the rule. And that's a big part of it. I think he, if you go into any locker room, Jason, you've seen it. There are signs that says, do not bet on football and yep. baseball. The same thing. You Every cannot sport. bet on baseball and the rules right there. And when these partnerships came out, the league came out and said, Hey, we are going to do everything we can to ensure that the integrity of the game is still had, even though this enhances the fan experience. I think the other side for me that I've thought about is if you're these leagues, can you have it both ways? 
right? Can you be in bed with every betting company in the world and then say, but you on the field cannot do it because integrity of the game. Well, isn't the integrity of the game already tarnished when in between breaks, sometimes in the game, you have Troy Aikman and Joe Buck talking about over and unders before the first play of the game. Like it's already tarnished. If, if we're going to really look at it, uh, I understand not wanting players to take part because that could be a, a very slippery slope. And then to to say, all right, now it's OK. But uh, a very interesting situation. And I'm surprised that th- he is the first one that we found uh, to have done. it. Oh, he'll be the last. He'll be the last. This is a good thing for the league because they now everybody knows that they can find out that they can find because they got his, they got Calvin Ridley's info from the gambling companies, which right. have a vested interest in players, not betting on games that they're involved in. And they have a bet. They have a vested interest in protecting the integrity of the gambling. So now that every player in the league knows, Hey, they can find you. If you're the one doing it, they can find you. Now that doesn't mean that these players can't go through a friend a or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on this too, because this has become the way people watch sports. This is not the way I watch sports, but th- but I ex- I understand that this has become the most normal way to watch sports is that you're on your phone, you're on your sports gambling app, you're making bets in the game, the spread is changing constantly, you can bet on players, everything uh, throughout the course of the game. But, like, there's other stuff to bet on year-round. I mean, he could have bet on anything, and he was. He was betting on the NBA heavily, too. But, I mean, man, you can bet... You can enjoy what everyone else is enjoying, just not on NFL games, which to me doesn't seem like too much to ask. I mean, he's lucky he only got a year for this. And he may end up getting more as they investigate this. I mean, um, he seemed pretty flippant, you know, about it. Uh, I think he really needs some... With his tweets, you mean? Yeah. What what all did he say on Twitter, Tom? Um, I got well, them. I got them here. If you want me to, or if unless you wanted Tony to read them, yeah. I no, mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not in like a reading segment. No. Okay, I didn't. Go know. ahead. I haven't seen um, what he said. Go ahead. So the first one he said, "I bet fifteen hundred total. I don't have a gambling problem." Mm-hmm. And then he said, "I couldn't even watch football at that point. Just gonna be more healthy when I come back. I know I was wrong." but I'm getting a year, LOL. If you know me, you know my character. That was the final tweet uh, from Monday. Yeah, I mean, the rules are as, as plain as it can be. And while he was on his mental health sabbatical, um, you know, he was wilding. <laughs> you know, like he knows the rules. Like you just don't, oh, I, I'm not playing football right now, so I should be good. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know why he chose football to place his bets. I don't know what's been going on where this is an open defiance of what he knows to be a rule. Yeah. Um, again, like we don't know any of this. We don't know what's going on with, with Calvin really. And, you know, I'm a fan of Calvin really, obviously he's a uh, uh, crimson tide. So, you know, I, I follow all those wide receivers out there. Um, hopefully one comes to the bears. Let's go. Mari Cooper. Um, but yeah, like I, it, 
that, that whole story was like weird. Like I thought it was bigger than what it was. Like I thought he was like throwing games, or like, I thought the story when I first saw the Adam Schefter tweet. But then when I read the details, I was like, "Oh, he thinks this is a game." <laughs> like he, like, there's something, there's something that is bothering him, or that is forcing him, or not forcing. Him, I shouldn't say that, but something is is. I don't, man, I don't want to say something's wrong with him. But he is bothered by something in his life. Something in his life is is troubling him to make these decisions, um, to do that, knowing what the rules are. I think uh, I think you bring an interesting point up. It's only because he he was on this mental health break and missed almost the entire season mm-hmm. anyway a, because of traded right? for him in in fantasy right? and. Um, Tony, we're talking about like a landmark sports gambling case, and you have thrown in that you're a fan of the Crimson Tide, that you mm-hmm. want Amari Cooper to sign with the Bears, and something mm-hmm. about your fantasy team. Like, yes. can you please just pay attention? But I am paying attention. I'm just saying. Just stay, just, stay on topic, please. Just, just if it makes you feel better, Tony. Yeah, I, okay. I also, I drafted him in my fantasy league. I was also mm-hmm. able to trade him, uh, but. Yeah, I I think he had these the mental health issues, and you wonder like he, he it's almost like he he t- tweeted like he knew he was wrong, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a way you could say well, maybe I just don't want to play football right now. Mm-hmm. Almost like a self sabotage thing because it's like mm-hmm. you just want to get away from the sport. I know that's. Deep, yeah, maybe big brain stuff, but it's. I mean, you you think about it. It's like, hey, if this is a guy who wasn't really feeling football anyway, and now you're just like, eh. I mean, it says a lot about the environment that you know he has to do this in order to take a break from a sport that can you know damage your brain. Um, but you know, if if that was like again. All hypothetical, Russ. If we are following yeah. along that path, um, it's a messed up environment that he has to do all this just to take a, um, a a needed, you know, break. Considering like what people would talk about him, all he's a quitter or he's not there for his teammates or you know other things. As far as we've come with the the mental health discussion and you know what football does to people discussion, that if again hypothetical. But if this is the case, it kind of sucks. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Yes, sir. There's quite a bit of it, but I'll try to keep this reasonably brief in my report. Uh, Russell Westbrook has absolutely had it with being called Westbrook. It's been a rough ride in L.A. for him. A lot of booing, terrible season for them. Uh, but West Brick, being called West Brick is where it crosses the line. Um, he sounds like he's going to be benched soon, by the way. There was a report that Frank Vogel is the only person standing between him and being benched from the starting lineup right now, and that probably won't hold up long. Um, but Russell Westbrook, I thought, was very interesting talking about this. He said that uh, he needs to put a stop to, quote, the shaming that's happening to his family with some of the taunts. His wife added that uh, she's getting death threats and having obscenities yelled at her. Westbrook said that uh, his family doesn't even like coming to the game 
anymore. Um, I give him a lot of credit for how he opened up about this because he's known for being very, very uh, difficult with the media. And whether you like what he had to say here or not, it was pretty genuine. Tony, can you play the clip for us? I think, you know, for one, you know, I 100% stand behind my wife and how she's feeling because um, it's not just about this year. Um, right now, she's reached a point, um, and my family has reached a point to where it's really weighing on them, um, and it's very unfortunate um, just for me personally because um, this is just a game. This is just a game. This is not end-all, be-all, and um, when it comes to basketball, I don't mind the criticism of missing and making shots, but the moment it becomes where you sh- – you know, my name is getting shamed. Um, it becomes a, a, a issue. Um, I've kind of let it go in the past, you know, just because it never really bothered me. But um, it really kind of hit me the other day. Honestly, I was uh, me and my wife was at um teacher parent conference for my son. <clears throat> um, and the teacher told me, she's like, uh, Noah, he's so proud of his last name. He writes it everywhere. He writes it on everything he he tells everybody walks around and says i'm westbrook westbrook that's his last name and it kind of i kind of sat there in shock and it hit me like damn like i can no longer allow people um you know for example westbrook to me is now shaming like it's shaming my name it's uh, my legacy for my kids um it's a name that means more not just to me but to my wife to my mom my dad uh, the ones um, that kind of paved the way for me. And, and that's just one example. I mean, that kind of hit myself and my wife in a, in a place where um, it's not great, man. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it, a lot of times, you know, I let it slide, but it's now time to put a stop to, to that and put it on notice. Like there's a difference and I, it, we need to make sure that it's understood. And every time I do hear it now, I will make sure that I address it and uh, make sure that I nip that in the butt. Now, philosophically, I usually agree with the players that are saying this, and you guys usually seem, especially Tony, seem to give them some form of, like, get over it. So where do you land on him having Westbrook, Westbrook yelled at him, Russ? I think I agree with him in, in a lot of different regards. And one, your family should be allowed to come to the game and, and feel like they can – enjoy the game with everybody else without being yelled at. They're not playing there. And so his wife shouldn't be getting death threats for anything. Um, Obscenities yelled at her. Like that man has kids. Like his kids should be allowed to watch their dad play basketball. And he's right. Like, look, if, if people are talking about, yo, you're missing shots, you're not making shots. That's one thing. But, I think it gets to a point where, especially for him, and we've talked about player fan interaction on our show a lot, and we've talked about it with Russell Westbrook a lot, where I know we've talked about it on our podcast where he got things dumped on him. In an he arena. has frequent interactions. And, like, just trying to walk through the tunnel, somebody poured popcorn and drinks on him. That I can understand how this has reached ahead for him, where it's like, I have had enough of this. I I think it's gone beyond the name. I know the name was the big thing yesterday, but it's gone beyond that. And and he mentioned in the beginning of his his speech there 
look, this is something more than just this season, as far as me and my wife are concerned. Like, this has become a thing now. And, you know, the thing with the popcorn was when he was in his last stop in in D.C. with with um, the Wizards. Like, you get to a point where enough's enough. And for me, I know there are people who will likely say, oh, that's part of being an athlete. People are going to heckle you, X, Y, Z. If somebody tells you, hey, that's enough of that, like, I. And they explain why. Right. I think you have to, you, it is your job to respect it. If you say, my name is Jason, then it is the obligation of everybody to call you Jason, not to call you something else. Um, that's how I feel about it. I know, I know there people feel different ways about it, but I just think for me personally, that there's become, and I feel like in the last couple of years, fans have gotten very extreme in their quote unquote taunts at games, things that have gone off. You know, you see what's happened with LeBron James at games and, and other players where it's like things are unacceptable, right? Booing somebody fine but yeah when you go after people and their families no absolutely not or their dating life like tristan thompson i think right. that i think that well, the main point i've continued to make about this is there's a certain level of it that these guys sign up for um that's not personal that's basketball related and then there's a place where it gets personal and i and i would have i wouldn't have thought that calling him west brick was particularly personally insulting i wouldn't have thought that before he said it i mean it's just kind of a kind of a corny word play off his name he's not having mm-hmm. a good shooting of course um but he explained it very well why it bothers him and there will still be people like i think tony's about to be that will say take your 44 million dollars and deal with it um i think there's some you know healthy nuance to uh the situation um where like you do sign up for some of that and i think there's levels to it right like he if you listen to what he said a lot has been going on and i think at different levels right nobody should be going after the man's wife right like nobody should be yelling death threats and obscenities death threats and yeah yeah, right like nobody should be at home games right like that's ridiculous if you're that if you're that person you're an awful human being you're barely a human being if you're doing that. Nobody is saying that that is okay. That is not okay. Like, what if somebody, you know, all right, what if, what if, what if a bodyguard came up, came up to you after that and then decided to put hands on you? Then what? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you had to pay, like, right, consequences for threatening a man's wife, right? Like, nobody, right, they wouldn't like that very much. Um, but the West Brick stuff. Um, I mean, you could fix that. Okay, there it is. You Just know, play better, right? Well, he's mean, not the problem, well, by the way. Well, like I, he, he's I, not. I, it's not him. I, he's I, not the I, reason the Lakers are so bad. <laughs> like he, they brought him in to help a problem that was already existing. I mean, we can like uh, I, I <laughs> we can talk about the basketball aspect to it, but. Say it on the uh, just kind of emotional aspect on the situation. Like, look, man, like people are going to call you Westbrook because you keep missing shots. Like, again, it can stay there. Like, it's levels to that. Like, that for me is okay. Going after family, going after a family member and 
you saying you can't take them to games because they're calling you Westbrook. Um, like I, I don't, I don't think there's much you can do about that other than making shots. Like, this yeah, is I don't sports, think so man. either. Like, like I, this, I don't think they're going to eject gonna... fans over that. Yeah, I, that's, then... I don't think that's going to rise to the level that he can get someone thrown out. That's kind of the the end of this conversation. Is I don't know what he can do about it really. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, there that specific one. I don't. I don't know. If there's anybody that I think he may have made it worse. You know, especially when he goes on the road, um, and they better not make the playoffs or any playing tournaments because they certainly will uh, do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, look, man, this is this is the the thing of sports. This is this is what it is. If you aren't performing well for a fan's team, and it's obvious, like you're gonna get heckled. You're gonna get heckled to to a certain degree, and it just comes with it. So again, like he could change it if he starts making shots. So play better. That's Coach Tone's advice. Uh, Deion Sanders, Russ, aka Coach Prime, had to have two toes amputated. Did you hear oh, this? You look. I did shocked. not hear that. I'm shocked. Well, well, yeah, you remember he was spent last season uh, on the scooter and the golf right. cart and all these different things with the foot injury, um, blood clots, a, a, complica- a complication of the surgery that he had back in September made it so that he uh, they needed to amputate two toes. They were. He said that they were originally were talking about possibly amputating from the knee down, and that there was even uh, his life was at risk because of these blood clots. Um, it's actually kind of amazing to me to learn how severe the problem was and to know that he basically coached through that for the entire season because he had the surgery in September. He he basically went all season dealing with the incredible amount of pain that must have been. That's crazy. It is. Tony. I get it. Uh, go ahead, Tony. All right. All right. All no, right. this is this is 100% not me. Somebody sent a video of a recruit or his I think maybe his son uh talking to him um and he's saying to him, "You know, I'm 10 toes down with you." This Jason is a video talk, talking directly to Dion. I can share the video with you guys. He's talking directly to Dion. Not everyone thinks through the literal meaning of the things that they say. Um, I know we said we weren't going to talk about Love is Blind, but Love is Blind Season 3 will be coming out next year, Russ. Uh, That's good news for Tony to know that the show will continue and bad news for you, uh, Russ, because they've already filmed the whole thing. It's already in the the can. It's already done. Good. Uh, They did it in Dallas. 15 men, 15 women, and uh, you were not one of them, unfortunately. Sweet. Works for me. Uh, in other news, um, I'm sure you've heard me many times in the last few weeks struggle with uh, what I can or can't say on this podcast without Tony interrupting it by giggling. Or uh, go ahead, Tony. You want to drop your catchphrase here? Uh, which one? I got to <laughs> see. It's ruined. You okay. messed it up. Appreciate it, Tony. So anyway, I, I had Tony work on uh, a list for me of all the words that I can't say on this podcast. Oh, no. And now, Tony Gill reads. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. What's up, fellas? 
Tony Gill with glasses is ready to go here. And I see Tony sent in some words that Jason can't say on this year. Well, that uh, anyone can't say. Podcast. Happy well, then why would you have him read them? You guys. That makes two um, idiots in the room. Well, this is Tony Gill with glasses. Tony Gill actually isn't here at the present moment. Um, thanks, Russ, for not acknowledging me as a human being. You know, well, first of all, Tony, you know, as, as, a, as, a, uh-huh. as, <laughs> as a fellow Tony black Gil- man with glasses, Russ, I thought you would understand. Tony Gill with glasses. We read something on here that gets us canceled. I'm whooping you and Tony's <laughs> and Jason's ass. These are all just normal words. You say that until you're on CNN. all right here we go the following list is a list of words that are completely normal ordinary appropriate and completely acceptable in the rest of the world but you can't say them on this show because of tony meat big (laughs) position wood stroke whole sausage Hard, mayo, long, finish, bed, pole, active, lotion, tight, loose, satisfied, banana, rigid, smash, smush, slam, load, Milk, <laughs> mouth, back door, getting up, juicy, blow, pause, peach, ram, any kind of nut, car wash, slinging, wet, pleased, and also the letter D. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, the first word of that being meat, <laughs> y'all are wild, man. I don't, I don't know what to do with y'all. Jason, continue. And finally, Russ, uh, as if we don't have enough going on right now between the pandemic and skyrocketing gas prices, and Shake from Love Is Blind posting on social media, uh, now we're being invaded by giant venomous spiders. Oh and no! The worst part of it is it's already too late. The Joro spider from Southeast Asia spread quite a bit in North Georgia last year, and now scientists have determined it is adaptable to many different climates and is probably going to spread throughout the entire Southeast of the United States over the course of this year. Um, They're four inches in length. They are black and yellow. They have like black and yellow stripes. Um, The one good thing is just to put your fears at ease uh their venom is not considered dangerous to humans and that is in part because their teeth are not strong enough to pierce our skin so it's a win for humans uh one of very few we've had recently uh i want to thank every one of you guys for listening to sports adjacent i say that every week and i really mean it but especially on the day we celebrate us uh, having pods for a year. Uh, came back every week when we wanted a pod, when we didn't want a pod, when we had stuff going on, we didn't have stuff going on. And you guys listened. And you're the reason we keep doing this every week. 
because you guys want to listen and we are eternally grateful for the support that you give the three of us, not only in this venture, but in our other ventures as well uh, and other things that we're doing. So uh, I want to say thank you to everybody out there. I want to thank our sponsor, our brand new sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. Yes. We are uh, very excited and, and pleased to have them on board. You can use our promo code SH23 to get 23% off your next order um, at Sheets and Giggles. You can go on SheetsGiggles.com. They have everything. Sheets, uh, comforters, duvets, uh, sleep masks that they gave us that are really awesome. So oh, they yeah. like sleep in a dark room. They're really soft. They're, they're, it's, it's a great company with a great product that we're, we are very happy to work with. Um, you can find the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your audio content. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. Share with all your friends and family. Gentlemen, anything before you let the fine folks go? Tony, do you have any more endorsements of the sheets from Sheets and Giggles? Oh, man, yeah. Love them. They, they hug you, the, your butt so well. <laughs> so well. Why? You me. You feel me. Feel me. No, no, I don't feel you. I, would, I don't. Uh, uh, J- Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I like his new character, though. Jason, you haven't thanked with you before we let him go. See you next Thursday. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to Sports with Jason with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports with Jason on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much a Jason. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You a Jason to the mother. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.